The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tiers start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up-to-date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riffway Podcast. Good evening, Rifflers. This is Rifts and Realms, the 5e D&D podcast where we discuss all you need to know about world building. From gods and demons to mountains and molehills, I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master and creator of Riftwake. I'm Josh, your co-host and fellow Dungeon Master, world builder, and fantasy enjoyer, and anime antagonist. Oh boy. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and talking this world about... will see a darkness the like of which it has never seen before. I will reign for a thousand years. Anyways, and bring hellfire today, upon today, my enemies. Today we'll be um talking about antagonists. No, to be more specific, we'll be. To- I mean, it's the same thing. We'll be talking about villains. So what? Oh, that's so convenient that I, I know, chose it's that almost... part of the intro for the villain episode. Yeah, it's it's almost as if you knew what topic it was. Um, I don't get to see the show notes ahead of time. That's a lie, and you know it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, um, why the fuck do we have villains? What are they? Why? 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 What? Well, villains are functionally things that stand between the. Uh, protagonists and their goals. Um, There's more specific versions of them as we go up and go forward and kind of expand their reach. Um, But villains and antagonists can be everything from a a school bully to a chaotic evil dragon bent on bending the entire world to their will. Bending them over, you know? Bending them over towards their, their will. Wait, nudge, not. Oh no! Hey, Will, how are you doing? <laughs> Just imagine someone named Will listening to this. Um. Anyways, so, Josh, um, how do you like villains are supposed to be like threatening, right? Mm-hmm. How do you make a villain threatening? Are you asking because you've had 
difficulty with no no of course not that's the no oh no primary no, antagonists of a lot of your games ne just never never either josh. just whittle away and disappear no or, no no josh or suddenly nah, solved by no. a magical macguffin that comes out no, of nowhere no, and you're like no, oh well no, then all of this totally could have been totally not, no. avoided we didn't have to do any no, of that no, hard work of, <laughs> no of course not no ne never ne never josh never no 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 no, <laughs> no that's no, crazy no can't be you know josh i think i think no it's just that this is just it's for the listeners josh it's, <laughs> it's oh, not for course. me no of course yeah of course. It's, it's, uh, how could i have been know? so foolish yeah yeah josh it's it's for the listeners i i you know it's for the listeners the yeah, important yeah. thing to remember as a podcast is not only are we educators we're also learning some sure. of us are learning more than others, specifically it, Nathan. No, no, learning. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm very capable. I'll have you know. I, I don't, I don't need. No, I, I'm just, I'm just here to help out. Yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't have Remy make all of the character sheets for every antagonist and, that y'all were going to come up against. Uh, no, and no, then uh, didn't know how the characters worked. That'd be sure. ridiculous. That'd yeah, be crazy. Exactly. So that, that's <laughs> not what I did. <laughs> so um, yeah, that moving away from these lies and untruths. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Josh, uh, how do you make a villain sensitively uh, threatening? Uh, so I think a lot of the times villains that you're going to be putting in your story need to, they are going to be the thing that matches the aesthetic choice the most. Um, if you're having like a grimdark campaign, you're going to want your big bad evil guy to feel suitably grimdark. If you have like kind of a silly, more like fun, funny campaign, a lot of the times your big bad evil guy might be like over the top Disney villain. He he, aren't I so evil? Or it might be one of those like comically evil villains, like your Doctor Doofenshmirtz from Phineas Comedic and Ferb. Evil, yay! Yeah. Um. So you really want your main villain to be as threatening as the story needs them to be. Um, your, your big bad evil guys need to be threatening in such a way that defeating them feels like an accomplishment. Ooh. Defeating yeah. things feeling like an accomplishment. How novel. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, and that kind of brings us towards the the villain hierarchy that we were talking about that like you don't you want your big bad evil guy to be present in the world but not present immediately <laughs> accessible right yeah, exactly it's like you, um, let's say like it's an evil king you're not gonna be able to just walk up to the king and stab him in the neck you know right it's, it's not that reachable like in every single fighting anime that's ever existed, you gotta bust through the lieutenant's heads before you get to right. fight the main bad guy. That totally makes sense because um, we all know that, you know, you, they like kings and stuff never need to leave their house. They they all just shut in. <laughs> they stand on their throne menacingly until every lieutenant is dead. It's like, <laughs> it's like that's all they do. It's like they sit there. They, 
they don't really take out threats, you know, they just kind of send it out to you in the perfect way that you're just, like, level enough to take them out, you know, it's kind of weird how they do that. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Honestly, like, oh, this guy, these group of adventurers seems like a threat. You know, I could just wipe them out instantly by sending, like, someone good, because they seem like they could be possible trouble in the future. You know what, let me just send these, um, half-baked guys. <laughs> They're just slightly under goblins. <laughs> I'm just gonna send them like enough for, so that they get stronger, but not actually enough to kill them, you know. <laughs> and that leads us to our very first villain slash antagonistic force, the grunts. So like um basically we've come up with a very uh I don't know to be more specific, I've come up with a very stupid sounding <laughs> system of uh how we, we organize uh villains so um it's all derivation of the uh, big bad evil guy being bbeg but so first off we have g which is uh grunts so josh what is a grunt what does a grunt do this is just like he walks up to you and is like <clears throat> sometimes sometimes it is that easy um, well. <laughs> <laughs> um but a lot of times grunts are going to be the lowest members on the totem pole <laughs> of the hierarchy of evil. Um, evil slash villainhood. Um, they're going to be your garden variety thugs. Um, they're going to be... They, they might not even necessarily be on the big bad evil guy's side yet, um, but he might, he or she... Uh, might be reaching out to them to see if they can accomplish a small, not super important job for them uh, before fully in in incorporating them into their own uh, hierarchy. Right. Um, a lot of the times, these grunts are going to be one of the first real adventures that your characters go on that's not like level 1 or level 2. Um, where they're fighting against things that are not merely giant rats and things in oh, no, someone's kitchen. Man. Oh shit, a rat! Um, a rat! Most of the times, these grunts are incredibly expendable, but they make up for their expendability by being large in number and diverse. So... The Diversity. same big bad evil guy might have kobolds on their side. They might have goblins. They might have guard oh, riding no. thugs and bandits. Imagine and they, they, they have women on their side. Well, diverse, <laughs> the diverse, very diverse. Uh, oh my god, runs. is that an Asian guy in the? Holy shit! <laughs> Holy shit! Equal opportunity <laughs> employer. Holy god! Oh my god! <laughs> that that would be very funny though. Can you imagine <laughs> that this villain is like oh, all the. All the um, all the hires of the king is like oh, so many white people. We need we need every fifth or so grunt. Well, not to even me. grunt. We need like every fifth employee <laughs> to be like female or female presenting. Like we don't have to give them managerial positions, but like we have to say that they're there on the census data. Okay, can you imagine? It's just like I I, I may be evil, but I'm very inclusive. <laughs> I may be evil, but I'm not racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take that. Like, take that. I, I killed 12 people, but I killed them indiscriminately. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Because I don't discriminately. Yeah, I kill all people, <laughs> not just black people. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pop off. All right. I, I'm putting that in no context, Nathan. Oh, no. I'm putting that in no context, Nathan, right now. <laughs> there we in go. It's, it's in the Discord, which you can join for free, your listener. <laughs> in any case, um, yeah, that that could be fun. Uh, so grunts. Um, what else can you do with grunts? Um, you as the dungeon master slash storyteller, grunts are probably the most versatile um antagonist that your party is going to go up against. A lot of the times they don't have to be defeated with violence. They can be defeated with words. They can be persuaded to take a different course of action. Uh, they yeah. can be recruited by the player characters. Um, there isn't any one way that your players have to get rid of this particular obstacle. Um, because like they don't, yeah, they're so low level that they don't really have any that close ties with the um you know the mm -hmm. evil organization in question which means most that of the time yeah they're more persuadable in which they you know they don't have anything like sense proper... of obligation or duty yeah, exactly. to the like person they, that's hiring them yeah like if if they flake you know like flake on the enemy and just like fuck off they're not gonna get any like dangerous uh, people coming for them like likely won't be because they're not important enough to be like, hey, when that that guy that guy fucked off. Mm -hmm. He he might tell most us. Most of the time, grunts are going to be responsible for very very low, uh, low impact, small things that the BBEG wants done and has been subdelegated to its subdelegates to the subdelegates. Give me groceries. I need to order groceries. You are now the mm -hmm. grocery guy. Mm -hmm. like, or it needs to be something that they can people. have plausible deniability with. Right. Example? Um, one of the examples from a campaign that I actually wasn't a DM in, I was a player in, Holy is shit. that one of the... Um, he was a big bad evil guy for one of the arcs, um, he hired a group of goblins to kidnap um, someone on the road that the party was tasked with protecting who had left a couple of days early um, because the NPC was someone who had access to a map to an incredible treasure hoard um, that would have made him very, very rich. But because he was a uh, respected member of the community, he couldn't be directly associated with the kidnapping. Right, because that would be bad. Because then because the bad look guy bad. would look bad, and that's mm -hmm. bad. Sometimes that's the case. Very cool. Yeah. So, let's say you're a grunt, and then, you, you, you know, you do some stuff that people like, you know, show your face around, you know, kick some goodies, you know. Um... And say you get a promotion, what do you be? What like what 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 do you become? What's that? According to your hierarchy, I mean, do you wanna you wanna spill the beans? Sure, the beans. Um, so one level above, uh, grunts are EGs, which is uh evil guys. 
So, um, what these guys are is basically the guys above the grunts. They have some sort of connection to the organization already, maybe even hold some slight level of power within the organization, perhaps as a minor, um, you know, uh, quote unquote, um, think of them as. Like a lieutenant's gopher kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like not directly associated with the big bad evil guy, but a connection via a connection. Like think of them as yeah, they probably can order around some of the grunts and stuff, but they're not gonna be like they're not gonna have any essential information or authority. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. if you kill one of these guys, you know, it's gonna be like, ah oh, fuck. He killed one of ours, and then that's gonna be it. It's not gonna be like, oh shit, kill one of the big guys. Oh no. You know? <laughs> Most of the time, this type of character is going to have very limited scope. Um, their area of influence is going to be relatively small, although they might be big, sm- big fish in a small pond. Um, th- these types of characters have a tendency to throw their weight around a little bit. Um, yeah. As, as far as, like, tropes go. Like, of course, none of this is one for one. You must do it this way. Um, but the person who's put in charge of the grunts uh, usually is someone who thinks relatively highly of themselves, even if they might think more of themselves than the station that they're in permits. Exactly. Um, like... An example of it um, would be like someone like Jacoby in uh, the on mm-hmm. on Riftway, where you have someone who's like he's an antagonist. He's not really part of an evil organization so much as he's just part of the guard force, but he's really fucked up um, and fell a fa- fairly powerful, arrogant force that the party needs to fight against. Um, but he he does. Very often, like what what the main trait of these characters is, they're, they're fairly defeatable, but like they still pose a threat. Uh, they're not in, like they're not terribly powerful in terms of their influence, but yeah, they're, they're very much a ah yes, that guy's powerful, and we probably can defeat him, but it's gonna be hard, you know. Mm-hmm. These are like your bandit captains, uh, goblin chieftains, like like Nathan said captains of guards or someone who has people under their command um but they don't hold sway over armies they're uh if they're politically engaged they're probably pretty low on the totem pole um generally i'd say what separates this set of guys from grunts is a level of dedication and aspiration Indeed, like definitely the case. Like very often, these guys are tend to be more arrogant. They tend to uh, be more invested in the cause, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Um, if like they hold enough power that they can order a bunch of grunts upon you, mm-hmm. and often like you, the, most encounters with them tend to be something of the sort where you're like, ah, I need to. Um, get to um, this smaller sort of facility of theirs. Ah, one of these guys is in charge of like that one facility. of these. Yeah, that facility. It's like something not not terribly important, but 
it's one of the holdings of the gang, you know, that kind of thing. Where mm-hmm. it's given to some, like, it's just like, um, these guys think of them as, like, the lowest managers in the company or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that these grunts and these evil guys don't necessarily have to be associated with the big bad evil guys. They can just be an ata- antagonist who has this level of power. Indeed, like, these guys often are just, like, that average asshole you meet um, yeah. who has, like, a gang, <laughs> gotten, like, like, a, a small taste gang. of power, yeah. and so they throw it around at literally every opportunity. Exactly, like, these are, like, those uh, low, low-level um, people that do, do have some power over, like, people, like, a uh, small group mm-hmm. of people, but... Not enough to actually be like, ah, oh, shit, everyone's coming for us. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yes. Once I defeat him, uh, you know, I'm probably safe. <laughs> this is generally bully level of, yep. of your, your antagonists, as it were. Uh, as your players get more and more powerful, they're going to be interacting with these bully-type characters less and less. Um, but I, I feel like... The bully characters do an excellent job of establishing, um, of establishing the theme or like the character of your set. Indeed, like they're very fun first evil uh, guy, as per the naming convention. Very very <laughs> fun uh, first evil uh, villain that your party can come across and uh, kind of get an idea of like what to expect of like the enemies in the campaign they are very like, very good first enemy oh yeah and yeah. they don't have the um the next two levels problem of sometimes being too hot <laughs> oh no because because whenever you have whenever you're doing the egs <laughs> a lot of the times it's like oh this person is rotten inside and out well, let's fuck this guy up and then you sometimes have players who like no this lieutenant to the evil overlords just misunderstood, and I want to give hot. him kisses because he's handsome and he has. No, no, it's like, oh, this he guy, he's, hair. he's like, like he's evil. He's working for this evil guy and all, but he's he's a very honorable person. He 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 fights for honor and uh, you know he's doing duty. It. Duty, yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, um, he's been saved I multiple can fix times. Him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. That's that's um, definitely the point where uh, these evil guys are very nice because they fall into like right at the sweet spot where they're like a threat, but they're not like um, overly like uh, they don't have too many responsibilities in which that they would cause. Uh... They're basically one level above grunts, but have actual character to them without being questionable whether, you know, should I kill them or not? It's like, yeah, probably. (laughs) At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So one more level up. What is it? Let's Ooh, see. leveling up. You know we love it. So what's worse than an evil guy? What's worse than an EG? Yeah. Beg for it. A beg? Okay, so a BEG <laughs> is a bad evil guy. So what, what is a bad evil guy? What, what does he do? These are the people who have direct connections with the big bad evil guy. Uh, these are the men and women, men and women who are often deeply devoted to this person's cause. Um, they're the lieutenants. They are the, um, they're the very intimidating person that the protagonist meets early on. Um, who at the first moment seems insurmountably powerful and that you slowly get up to. Exactly. They're like in, in an anime context, they're the people you fight before you fight the big bad guy. <laughs> you must take him all out and then you take out the big bad guy. Oh no. You know? <laughs> yeah. For these are the characters generally that are like your... Uh, the only one that I can think of is from Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which is really dated uh, reference, where whenever you're still an incredibly low-level character, uh, you stumble across a gunslinger, and if you try to shoot them, he will kill you instantly. Oh, God. Um, but as you go through the campaign, you become a little bit more strong, and you can put up a good fight against them. Um these are the type of characters where if your character had met them at level three, they would have been crushed. Definitely. I, I think I, I always find these characters extremely fun to write because mm -hmm. they're, they're a lot less limited in scope than the, uh, like, they're not limited in some ways that the um, big bad evil guy uh, mm -hmm. is. And, uh, because they don't have the same need to be, ah, I control everything. They can right. even have honorable reasons why um, mm. they are the way they are. They, they might not even necessarily be bad people so much as they see... Serving a bad agenda. Yeah, exactly. Because oft, very often it's very... It's harder to write a big bad evil guy who has like something that's... Over uh, the well, top and evil. Yeah. Like, like that's... Yeah. Basically, it's very easy to fall into that. It's like over the top and evil um, or... You know, like, sure, there are good, like, reasons to it, but 
very often you can have a bad evil guy just be ah yes we i don't agree necessarily a ton of the things that my employer slash boss does but i'm loyal to him because of something he did for me or something like that you can have something like that and you know mm-hmm. it can basically kill they can kill you and you and you, you can still be like I, I don't think they're a bad guy <laughs> <laughs> the BEGs are definitely in their they exist kind of to make the big bad evil guy's presence felt no. and yeah. no because yeah very often like with a B BBEG a big bad evil guy you you don't really want them to be physically present you want them to basically only show up long enough to taunt the players yeah and then to leave or exactly. like like a lot of the times like for example in the strad in the curse of strad campaign book strad is relatively present to kind of just show up and chit chat with the players semi regularly <laughs> To kind of just like give them the middle finger and then leave. Like <laughs> and and that makes for a good antagonist because um they feel like their presence has an instant and immediate power to them. And that's the function of the bad eagle guy. It is the the right hand, the uh presence of the big bad eagle. They are executing his will or her will. Um, in the world and pose an existential threat to the party if they're on the wrong side. Yeah. Like, these are probably some of the most uh, interesting characters you can write aside from the big bad uh, mm-hmm. evil guy up at the top. And I think the reason why that is is because the bad evil guys can have so much variety in the reason why they follow this person. Um, Anyone who's played Fire Emblem (laughs) knows the the trope of the right, honorable, and noble man following an evil king who dies for their evil king. Right. We all know that trope. We've all played Fire uh, Emblem. Yes, it's like... That that character archetype is very fun to play with um oh, absolutely. yeah there's so much you can do within like a beg so how okay so let's say um one level above beg the big bad evil guy that we've all been waiting for top level top of top, the pyramid the, the top pyramid guy the, the possible um the, the guy that's been causing you all your troubles up at the top um what about him? Uh, why, why, why? What drives him? What makes a person um, a big bad evil guy rather than anything else? So, the thing about writing big, big bad evil guys is that you have to make this person someone that is antagonistic towards the part. Uh, you don't really want your party members to be like oh we joined this guy (laughs) (laughs) oh we agree with everything this dude's saying yeah let's do this um not really because they're not the big bad evil guy anymore (laughs) it's just like someone to mix up the campaign a lot (laughs) (laughs) um so you kind of 
whenever you're constructing the big bad evil guy, um, orchestrate places where they are in direct conflict with your party completing their goals. Um, the big bad evil guy generally needs to be uh, cunning and calculating, and they need to be strong in places where the party is weak. Right? Basically, so if, a foil. Yeah. If the since the party is usually a group of four people, the big bad evil guy has hosts of grunts at his command. Since the party is usually relatively poor, he is affluent and can throw his money around to make life a living hell for the party. Um, if the party is uh, deeply magical based, uh, have him basically have things that nullify their strengths, uh, that reduce magic, have anti-magic tones. Uh, if uh, if your party is mostly very very strong, have him have uh, powerful mages or powerful like archers under his command. Uh, make them threatening. Uh, make them a challenge. Make them something worthy of a very last fight for a campaign or for an arc. Um, I'd say don't fall into the pitfall of once the big bad evil guy is dead, the world is now perfect. Right, because um, that's a lot not of the how times, Not of the times you're going to have several big bad evil guys that kind of hop up in threat and everything as your characters level up. I'd Another thing say is that... get an evil guy in their hands every four to six levels. I would say that another thing is that you, you can have a big bad evil guy. Oh, you took him down. That doesn't necessarily mean the organization that he created or is leading. Um, he might not even necessarily be the leader of the organization you're fighting. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you could be characters fighting against like this massive uh, evil organization. The, actually, the uh, uh, well, Guide to Ravenloft so book uh, that came out a couple months ago at this point now? Not certain. Uh, came out a little while ago, has a very, very good, like, step-by-step -step process on how to make a quote-unquote dreadlord. Um, that works for basically any big bad evil guy that you want to function as the antagonist of your party. Um, where the party brings light, your big bad evil guy brings darkness, and where uh, your party hides in the shadows, uh, the Big bad evil guy tries to expose them. Like I would say that um, one one thing that you could do in the longer mm -hmm. series is that well, the big bad evil guy doesn't necessarily need to be like the biggest of bosses because at the end of the day, evil evil organization come in, evil organizations come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, and well, for all you know, the big bad evil guy could just be a you know, fucking uh, big evil guy in the big scheme of things against, like, a larger evil organization. Mm -hmm. For example, like, let's say, like, he's just part of the assassination department of, like, this evil organization, and then you have all these other factions within that organization that haven't taken an interest to the party yet, but after you kill that guy, oh, shit. You got new foes to contend with, but even if he is the only force that you happen to be fighting against, you can still defeat him, and then then 
let's say you don't finish a job. And you, I mean, I'm sure you can't kill absolutely everyone. So the survivors might, you know, piece together something that, um, you know, after the big bad evil guy dies and then come back as a new entity from the remains of the old one. Mm-hmm. So, with any uh, villains of uh, Big Bad Evil, um, with with a Big Bad Evil guy, normally they come from some sort of organization. So, Josh, let's come up with like a bunch of ideas or um, examples as to where your how BBG you can cr- might originate. Yeah, how your where your BBG might originate. Uh, some ideas for. For example, a hierarchy within that mm-hmm. thing, so they have something to work with as a dungeon master slash writer in terms of oh power leveling, um, how to diversify, like kind of create a theme among different quote unquote departments of this um, villain uh, or villainous organization. I'd say the beautiful thing about villains is that they can literally come from anywhere as long as they are an antagonistic force to the party um your party is going to inform how your big bad evil guy is going to interact with them and it's going to change the hierarchy that they find themselves in like if you have a bunch of characters that are like anime protagonists and like hey by the way we're gonna kill god yeah their big bad evil guy is going to be either a deific level threat or like a, a Pope equivalent. This and Pope th- the hierarchy that they're going to be fighting against is going to be, you know, the church. It's going to be um, important cardinals. It's going to be paladins of the order. It's going to be high level and low level clerics who are, you know, uh, convincing mobs and throngs of peasants to fight against the apostates in this example right um i I always find it really interesting slash fun that honestly like you can make pretty much anyone a villain if you twist it right yeah absolutely like uh uh, you you could literally be like let's say it's a school set thing and be like ah yes i don't like the teachers too much boom evil organization (laughs) (laughs) boom the evil guy is now the student council president (laughs) um yeah I mean, that's just it. Like, so often in, in the school settings, the evil guy is usually like a vice principal, right? Like, uh, who is empowering different members of student council and empowering clubs to fight against you and, you know, bully you and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, another example that you might be, like, fighting against as a party member is criminal organizations. A lot of the times, really, really higher level criminals are going to have their enforcers, their PPGs. Um, and, you know, the people who are in charge of storehouses and fencing, and then you're going to have all the grunts that are in charge of basically low level criminal duties. Uh, anything from stealing pocket watches to selling protection. drugs to protection oh, rackets think, yeah. to, yeah. So like, as long as you can create a general top-down structure, because most of the time that's going to be what your kind of antagonistic forces look like. 
um, is going to be a little bit like a pyramid um, with the big bad evil guy at the top slowly filtering down to less and less threatening things. Um, and, right. you know, I, I find that that's a good way to conceptualize that distribution of power. Is, is that it? What, what else is there to talk about? Let's see. Um, I mean, if there's anything that really hammers home your themes, your ideas for a setting, it's your big bad evil guy. Certainly, because that's the main force of, force of conflict, like driver of conflict mm-hmm. um, that you can get in a adventure, like anything to do with adventures and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. They are usually the principal opposing force to your players. Like, this threat may not even necessarily be um, something, a physical threat, however, one must know. Because, let's say your campaign is something along the lines of, ah, you are a businessman, you are going to, your, your party's goal is to basically, like, try and create a, like, try and drive, like, create a business, uh, you know, in this sector, yeah, like merchants, and then, well, in this scenario, like the big bad evil guy could be some guy who's like, ah, oh, he's he also has the same goals, which obviously is a problem for you because you also want to, um, yet yet targeting the same market, which can create situations like, ah, oh, yes, he's going to try and fuck you over and. Not exactly physical ways, but definitely still a trend to your goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of the times, if you're having something like this, your big bad evil guy might not even necessarily evil um, yeah. in this case. Um, but of course, you can always kind of intensify up their evil behavior. Like, if you're a merchant, then your principal antagonist may be a monopolist. Uh, someone who is trying to, you know, centralize their power in the industry that you're attempting to invest yourself in. Uh, there you go. Capitalists make great antagonists. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's suddenly a fuck ton of options. And well, oh, yeah. exploring all of them is certainly something that's very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more people should try and think about how villains play into their world. Nathan, what's your favorite villain you've ever made? My favorite villain? I think Jacoby. I love Jacoby. Jacoby's such a nice villain. <laughs> Jacoby's such a little shithead. Yeah, he's so hateable. That's the thing. Like, there's nothing redeeming about him. It's no, so good. He's, like, just, he's just a vitriolic little bastard. He's like racist... Like didn't care for the people he was like that that was supposed to be under his care as a mm-hmm. guardsman. He's like that perfect like ah you are fucking irredeemable, <laughs> truly that terrible. Is, like there's absolutely no deeper thought to why you do the horrible things you do. You're just a bad person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like um yeah that's what that's what makes him my favorite uh, villain that I've written myself. Uh, Josh, what about you? What, what, what's your favorite villain that you've written? The first one that came to my mind of my favorite villain that I've ever put together uh, 
was a uh, how do I describe this so that way I don't take fucking 30 minutes running through an entire campaign's worth of bullshit that they got into. Um, it was definitely a big bad evil guy for one of the players in particular. Um, they were a previous friend of theirs who had oh, basically no, been been driven insane um, by uh, psychic power. Mm. Right, I think you've talked it, about this before. I think I have, but it, she's she's definitely my favorite. I think her name was like Princess was her her Arcana name. Um, and in the Stars Without Number system, there's a way for you to basically just torture yourself insane by using your psychic powers. Um, and that's basically what happened. And she was an absolute thorn in the side of my players. Um, she was unendingly cruel um and would basically make the players lives a little miserable because uh she was of the impression that one of the player characters deserved what had happened to her uh. so she's like if this happened to me but didn't happen to you that's unfair and i'm gonna make you miserable because of it it's fun Making people miserable. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that does it for today, um, right? Absolutely. Yeah, also, was... if you can get your evil characters to have a personal connection to your your players, that's also quite fun. Yeah, that's definitely something that would add to it. I mean, if you can kind of sneak them in as a secret NPC, if you want to, like... Oh, the, the bad guy was one of your friends all along. Ooh. The bad guy was one of your friends all along is a classic. Like, the friends along the way, we know. <laughs> the real treasure The real the villain friend. was the friend's the friend along, along the way. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. In any case... Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Realms. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Give us as a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to monthly hangout, we'll be able to chat with cast, and even input on Rifts and Rolls topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at RiftWakePodcast. Join our Discord now. It's free. And you can send us an email, RiftWakePodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I've postponed my world domination for at least two weeks. Bye! Oh no. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.